I'm Don Ennis. I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb. You know, Carly, the big story this week has got to be all these anti-transgender bills. I was reading all of these articles that are out there over at Vox. Uh, Caitlin Burns, who's a freelance journalist, talks about eight, at least eight states. Missouri, Florida, Illinois, Oklahoma, Colorado, South Carolina, Kentucky, and the worst, South Dakota. Plus, the only good news this week was that Iowa killed its bill. Thank goodness. So that's one less bill that's out there. But this South Dakota bill, you know, the, the House of Representatives passed it on Wednesday. It would put doctors in jail just for helping out a transgender child. That's one of four states where they're going that route. I mean, terrible. Tennessee, this, <clears throat> Tennessee, Georgia, Kentucky, they're all starting to go. What gets me is how much the penalties are going to be. They're talking about up to 10 years. Right. And I mean, in, in, in South Dakota, it's a year in jail or a fine of $2,000. But the thing about South Dakota is they already passed the bill. The other states are just still well, talking about it. Well, they've passed it in their, in their House of Representatives. Their lower right. house has passed it. Now it goes yes. to the Senate. Right. Now state it's Senate. Go, the state Senate. Right. Yeah, it goes to their state Senate. Now, one interesting twist to that is the governor of South Dakota has said that they are not sure they'll sign it. Oh, the that's governor, the only hope. The, the governor of South Dakota. Now, here's the thing. In South Dakota, when when some when something similar to this was attempted a couple of years ago, the what the what the then sitting governor of the state did was actually invite a delegation of trans of transgender South Dakotans to the governor's mansion because the governor admitted I had never met anyone trans before. And in many too. and in many ways, those those candid conversations changed his mind to where he said, if you try to pass this bill, I'll veto it. This is not a good idea. And, and then we've a, talked about New Hampshire, too. New Hampshire isn't going to criminalize doctors, but, you know, it would call any kind of gender affirming care child abuse. Yeah, and I mean, that's a that's a similar thing, because if they call it child abuse, they'll, they'll not only go after parents, they'll go after providers. The one in Arizona is the one that gets the one in Arizona. I, I find is completely Orwellian. The, the law that's pertaining to to student athletes, where they say that they're that basically Arizona says. If you want to play a game, fine. We have the we reserve the right to check your pants. Oh, inside and outside, they're they're the reproductive organs. It said, yes. I, mean, I wonder, internal now, exams. The state's going to be doing internal exams. Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's just ugly and nasty, and that's just. I mean, this is this is absolutely Orwellian, Don. And I, I agree. I mean, I'm. I'll admit, I'm. I was. I'm sad and angry, and this angers me. To think that, I mean, it's bad enough that you had a group of right-wing grown-ass men picking on a picking on a little girl in Texas, but now it's just it just seems like everybody's scorched earth. I mean, I mean, what I mean, what do they hope to gain electorally by doing this? Because this is an elect this is election year ploy. This is that's rallying the, the base. This, this is rallying yeah, the right fundamentalist, um, mostly Christian base that is angry about um identity issues identity politics well, exactly well here's my thing don't as a christian don't call these people christians they're not this is not what my god there's nothing in my gospel that says thou shalt pick on kids if there, if there is someone out there show me that that chapter and ver verse in the bible because i missed that one 
I hear you, but I have to admit, if we want to be called by what we want to be called, then we have to admit and acknowledge what they want to be called. And they reserve the, the right to call themselves Christians. Um, I am no longer a Christian, but I remember, uh, the, is it a song or a phrase? Uh, they shall know we are Christians by our love. <laughs> yeah. No, well, you in this know case, the, it's by well, their hate. Well, you know, well, you know, in in my liturgy, there is a there is a say, there's a saying in scripture that says, "You we shall know you by your fruits, mm. i.e., what you do, not what you say." And we're knowing these people by their fruits right now. Well, in and, Arizona, and, they want to check the fruits of the of the children. That's just wrong. Oh, well, yeah, they want to check your fruit of the looms in, in Arizona. That's what it is. You know that. Yeah. But I mean, there there's somebody who again want to put some respect on their name What's right that? now, and that's and that's Libby Scarin with the ACLU in South Dakota, who has done, I mean, she's been doing a Herculean service in fighting these fights and also letting people know that the fight, that what's going, that what's going on. She has been, she has very much been a talisman and a truth teller to what's been going on. And I just want to, I I will always shout her out. I mean, you always see her every legislative session where this is talked about. She's on the Twitter, keeping people, giving people the play-by-play of what's going on. And and some people may seem like that's not much, but that means a lot because there's there's so many people who are now just looking up and realizing that these things are we're we're not lying to you. These things are happening. These states are actually putting these laws up, and I think most most decent right thinking people when they're really given the facts are going to say what's the what's the point here how does this this doesn't how how does this affect or hurt my life it doesn't it's just disgusting it really is it is so carly tell me do you have a prediction for sunday is it chiefs or 49ers i'm taking chiefs 35 31 i think that the biggest thing, the biggest matchup in this game to me is can the 49ers get pressure on Patrick Mahomes? Can they get because they have one of the best pass rushers in football? They have a good, they have a very solid pass defense with the 49ers. Their defense is their defense is a good defense. But Patrick Mahomes, mobile, very accurate. And the biggest thing is he he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. He he believes that he can put that ball in any window. Plus, there's also the matter of I think this is going to be the key: the speed in the in the Chiefs passing game. Their receivers are just so they're. I think their receivers are faster and better than the 49ers defensive backs, and that's what it's going to come down to. That matchup right there. That matchup right there. Can the 49ers mitigate that speed? And the best and one of the best ways they can do it, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to lay back in the zones, give up shortcut, give up a give up some short passes, to not give up the big one. The problem is if you're gonna employ that tactic, you'll have to tackle well. Because if if the 49er defensive backs and linebackers do not tackle well, that five yard game becomes a 50 yard game. And mm-hmm. there's the matter, and there there's a person who I believe will actually be the MVP of the Super Bowl. I think that Travis Kelsey will be the MVP mm-hmm. because I think he's going. There's going to be so much worried about the speed going downfield for Kansas City. He's going to break the foundation underneath, and he's excellent. And he can run without, and he can run after catch as well. 
And people don't realize he's got a lot of good athleticism. He's got better speed than you expect as a tight end. And if you miss a tackle with this guy, this guy, he can turn a five-yard gain into a 30-yard gain. He can break tackles. He can make you miss. And he says he's such a clutch player. I think this will be the Super Bowl, and this will be the game where Travis Kelsey takes the crowd over from where Rob Gronkowski was as the best tight end in the league. I think well, this listen, is the game where he truly solidifies his place with an MVP performance. Well, listen to this. Jim Bozinski, one of the co-founders of OutSports, put out a little column about who should an LGBT sports fan root for. And he also picked Travis Kelsey as one of the reasons you should root for the Chiefs. Did you know that Travis is one of two players, at least two players on the Chiefs, who would support having an openly gay teammate? He told Outsports Jeremy Brenner, I'm comfortable with who I am. Anybody in this world can play, and I expect everyone to be comfortable with who they are. I respect people for their views and opinions. The other uh, Chiefs player is Terrell Suggs, uh, who said he would welcome a gay teammate. We wouldn't have a problem with it, he said, back all the way in 2013, the year I came out. We don't care. Our biggest thing in the locker room is just to have fun and stay loose. We don't care too much about that. We're a football team. Everybody deserves a certain amount of privacy. Who cares? Whatever person's choice is, it's their choice. Okay. Choice is not a good word, but, you know, give them credit. Well, here's, now, here's my only problem with all these things that are being said. What's that? I haven't said right all, of, all the things yet. I've, I've got many more things to say here. I mean, I, no. What if I with, finish before with, you jump Here's in? my only issue with things that, like, right now, they can say this for one reason. Yeah. They can say it for one reason. Because... Yeah. This isn't an issue right now. There well, is talking, nobody. Yeah, they're, they're talking. They're talking theoretically, hypothetically. Well, theoretics is one thing, but reality is another, as Glenn Burke would probably tell you. Okay. And well, Glenn actually, Burke can't talk right now. Because yeah, but but the, as Glenn Burke, if he was alive, could tell you. And really, it's not a question of so much the locker room; it's in the boardroom of these teams. That's where the rubber meets the road, because yeah. I really believe in. I really believe in locker rooms. Guys, I, I, I take these guys at their word in a lot of ways. In locker rooms, people care about one thing first and foremost. Can you help us win ball games? Right. Because, but I think the fans because, in the stands also play a big factor because there's so many homophobes. And, you know, we've seen it in, in soccer games. I mean, they're just willing to join a mob and boo and, and, and chant and yell things. So I think the boardroom is definitely of concern. But um, let's stick to the topic, though, before we're getting off track here. Okay. It's, it's 49ers versus um, Chiefs, and I'm giving you reasons why an LGBT sports fan would want to support one of these two teams. I gave you Travis Kelsey and Terrell Suggs. For the Chiefs, since we're on that side, let's talk about Congresswoman Cherise Davids. You know, she's yeah. an openly lesbian first-term member of Congress from Kansas City. She is a huge Chiefs fan, and she has a bet with uh, Congressman Eric Swalwell of the Bay Area, and uh, their barbecue versus barbecue, basically. Oh, and, no. Oh, no, sorry. It's barbecue versus chocolate. And you know Swalwell what? And, is, and Representative Representative Davids is putting up some seriously good barbecue. Yeah, slaps. Slaps Kansas is no City. joke. I mean. That's right. Yeah, and then we got this West chocolate West. from uh, Blommer Chocolate Company in his district. And, and that's no slouch either because I've had Blommer chocolate and that mm. it goes it goes down really good with the right wine. Let me tell you, that's a, I mean, that's but but that slaps barbecue. Mm. 
<laughs> I love I'm, barbecue. I gained five pounds just thinking about it. <laughs> that's how good that food is. That's some that's some serious barbecue that's being put up right now. No, there. See, but that's one thing I actually. That's one thing I do like about the Super Bowl when people put up the bets. Oh yeah. When you well, when you put up when you when you put up the when you put up the bets. I'm I'm interested to see what the prop bets are this year. We'll have to see. Uh, another reason to root for the Chiefs is Ryan O'Callaghan. Uh, who you know came out in 2017, and he credits a uh, a, a former head trainer of the Chiefs, David Price. He uh, is the late David Price. He was instrumental in helping O'Callaghan in helping him find his uh, his way forward. So those are all reasons you might want to root for the Chiefs. Now, I'm rooting. Surprise, surprise. Not with you. I'm rooting for the 49ers. You're rooting for San Fran. And I, the main reason I'm rooting for San Fran is because of Katie Sowers who I've had the good fortune of meeting in person and talking with. She's the first woman and the first openly gay coach in Super Bowl history. She's an assistant coach. She's the offensive assistant. And she is going to be rocking it on Sunday. I think she and her squad are just going to mow the field with you guys. And I know, I know, the Chiefs are supposedly the favorites. I still have a lot of credit um, uh, in Katie, and I think that she's going to make it happen. Plus, did you know the 49ers actually have their own pride group. It's the first NFL team sanctioned LGBTQ fan group. I mean, it's San Francisco, so it was not a big shock, but it's great that an NFL team finally sponsors LGBTQ fans. And then last but not least, let's just give credit to George Kittle and Richard Sherman. Kittle's a tight end. Sherman's a cornerback. Their participation in a 49ers pride video really made a difference and made a lot of people feel as if this community of 49ers fans welcomes those of us who are LGBTQ and our allies. And it's just nice to see that the red and gold are really into the rainbow flag. So those are my reasons for voting for uh, the 49ers as the team that will win the Super Bowl. We'll see who wins. Well, one thing about the 49ers, the 49ers of all the 49ers throughout their history in many ways have been gay America's team, partially because of proximity, but also partially because while it hasn't been official, for decades, they have they have had at least they've they have had players reach out to their to their LGBTQ fan base in ways that really have not been reported, hmm. and that's been and that's been a constant really since the nineteen that's been a constant since since the nineteen sixties. It wow. has been a constant even I mean even before Stonewall there there were there were silent I mean there were fan favorites who also did that reaching out. So this is I mean. This is something that has happened consistently. Kittle, I'm not surprised. Kittle, I'm not surprised about because Kittle just seems cool. I mean, Richard Sherman has been very much on the has been very much an ally ever since he was a student at Stanford. So that I mean, a lot of this isn't new. I think it's cool. Katie Sowers is coaching. I don't I I don't think anybody's going. I don't think anyone's going to necessarily mow the field with anybody. This is going to be a close football game. This is going to be a competitive. Ball game. It's going to be we'll very see. competitive. You've got two young quarterbacks who can play. Obviously, Mahomes, who's been one of the top quarterbacks in this league the last couple of years. Jimmy Garoppolo is coming into his own. I see a lot of young Joe Montana with him, and that's that's why if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm worried because this kid's a play. I mean, a lot of people he's taking a lot of he's taking a lot of flack over these last six, seven weeks or so, because a lot of people say, oh, they've been winning on the running game of the defense. Jimmy can't make the play. Garoppolo's a gamer. He's going to have an excellent game Sunday. 
And if it goes the other way, I think he'll be the 49ers MVP when this is done. We'll but see. I think it's going to be the, I think the Chiefs are going to nose them out. But good on the Chiefs for acknowledging their, acknowledging their fan base, being open. I think that's going to open the door to other clubs that do it. And of course, I mean, what more can you say about Katie Sowers' story? I mean, comes I can in, say a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, well, I mean, getting them. She inspired I love girls it. all across the country who yeah. love football, you know. And uh, I, I would love to San Francisco and love ready. to sit down and talk football with her because she. Oh, I, I mean, there's a long list of people waiting in front of you to get to her to the mic. Believe me, I would love to have her too. I know that Sid Ziegler's uh, hoping to get her to talk to us about Outsports Pride in Philadelphia come June 11th. Yeah. Oh, so wouldn't I, that be great? Oh, I'd love to see her there. And one more thing, even though I'm rooting for the Chiefs, something that would make me smile in the 49ers win, seeing Katie Sowers holding up the Vince Lombardi trophy. That would make me smile if that happened, would even though I'm rooting for the Chiefs. That would, I mean, at that moment, I'd be disappointed, but that would make me smile. Somebody that uh, is smiling right now, a, a, a figure skater who you've been pursuing for a story for Outsports. Did you read about um, Amber Glenn? I wrote about her this morning. According to the Dallas Voice, she had her um, Nationals performance. Uh, didn't turn out the way she had hoped. She ended up in the free skate in fifth place, and she figured she was going home. But the United States Figure Skating Association officials actually did choose her for the U.S. ladies team. So she'll be competing at the International Four Continents Championship in Seoul, South Korea in March. You know, she came out as bisexual, pansexual last month. Yes. So that's, pre- that's really good news for her. Uh, fact, this was she's, in head- a- she's, heading over the- she's heading over as we speak to Korea to compete this weekend. Yeah. And this was in a story I wrote about a uh, out gay uh, figure skater, Timothy LeDuc, and his skating partner, who's straight, Ashley Kane Gribble. Uh, this time last year, they won the U.S. Pairs Championship. And just like Amber, they had a not so great performance at the Nationals. Uh, they ended up in third and fourth place uh, and thought they were going home. And everyone thought that the either bronze or silver winners were going to uh, go to the uh, U.S. World Champion, represent the U.S. at the World Championship. But the officials chose overall the uh, performance of the Dallas-based team of LeDuc and Gain Gribble because, you know, their body of work speaks for them. They are, they are they're champions. They just didn't have a great performance at the Nationals. So, you know... The bronze and silver champions will have other chances down the road. Um, I, I read there were just amazing performances by, uh, I want to make sure I get the names right here. Uh, it's uh, Jessica Callalang and Brian Johnson. They scored the well, highest score ever at nationals, 146.01. So just amazing performances. I love figure skating and I'm looking forward to seeing Amber uh, do well. And hopefully uh, you'll have a story for us about her soon. Well, actually, we're gonna we're working on that. My right now, I I talked to her uh, today. Oh, that's great. We're gonna work it. We're gonna work it out early next week. Fantastic. So She's it's gonna it. be a it's gonna be a busy out out sports week for this. Yes, kid, it is. Yes, like. it is. It's, it's gonna be. But I'm looking forward to talking to Amber. I I actually saw Amber's performance last weekend. Oh, wow, it was, wasn't it great? And and she was really. She has gotten better and better and better since moving up from the junior ranks to the elite ranks. Mm-hmm. She just can. It's I I see it. It's one of the. It's kind of like what what I see with her is kind of like like FloJo's ascendancy in track and field between like 1983 and 1988. I'm seeing this with Amber where she's starting to get. She starts putting more and more together every year. Last I mean a couple of years ago, 
she was still very much making that adjustment from from junior to elite and it showed mm -hmm. last year she took she made she made some significant strides and now this year i i think in some i mean one thing i do want to examine with her is how much i mean how much just the coming out and getting that burden off her shoulders has kind of really just energized it and how much fuel does she think that's going to put in her bus as we look ahead not only to 21 but also to beijing in 22 sure because that I, want, I mean that's the big target i mean the big target is still a couple years away i want and, to address a, a transgender issue um we didn't have a lot of transgender sports news this week but you know uh one of our uh transgender athletes athena del rosio uh, contacted us to let us know that you know we missed something um did you read about martina navratilova she and John McEnroe decided to hold a protest at the Margaret Court oh. Arena. Yeah, I got to see it. They, I mean, um, did you um, watch it? Seven Seven Network in Australia showed parts of what they were doing, holding so up a big banner suggesting that they rename the arena in favor of a uh, Aboriginal, a uh, someone from a native person of Australia who was a tennis great. And I can't pronounce the name, but I was you know, really. I bet no, Yvonne Gulagong, who Gulagong, there have, it is, and who doesn't have anything named at their national tennis center, which is a shame. Just and, a terrible and shame. should I mean not only I mean, I mean she was Australia's first Aboriginal majors champion, and it's just an outrage that they would continue to name this arena after this homophobe and transphobe. So well, in our my story, only we... my only thing is though, I mean. I like the fact I like the fact that Martina's speaking out, but Martina, you're kind of turfy. Well, Just this saying. is the reason that <laughs> Athena reached out to us. See, when we wrote the story, we talked about isn't it great that Martina teamed up with John McEnroe to do this? And you know, it turns out they actually broke the rules. They didn't know this apparently, but there were rules against the kind of protests that they held. So both Martina and John McEnroe apologized. I updated the story we wrote about them, but what Athena wanted us to do, and I think it's absolutely right that we should do it is if you're going to talk about Martina calling out a transphobe, you got to at least mention that Martina herself has a record of anti-trans inclusion. So our story now has an editor's note, which I wrote, basically calling out Martina for, you know, not being in favor of trans inclusion, but also giving her credit because she has come a long way from where she was a year ago. A year ago, she was saying that we're cheaters and it, it's insane. And what she's basically settled on is that she's all about fairness and that while she wants to see as many opportunities as possible for trans athletes, she still thinks that women and girls should get priority, which is not the ideal position, but that's where she is. Well, I mean, to me, that's great and all, but I, I'm, I'm going to still call her Martina Navratilova. <laughs> until further notice i still I, call her a transphobe as far as i'm concerned if you don't have 100 percent support for transgender inclusion then that means you're a transphobe there was other good news did you see joanna loman is engaged so melody uh george and uh johanna loman formerly of the washington spirit the rainbow warrior uh they got engaged this week uh in virginia and uh, Melody works for the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and their Instagram is just full of travel all around the world. The two of them are just so beautiful. My favorite picture is the one I put at the end of the article. It's them kissing in front of the White House. <laughs> Dear Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, and there was an oh, athlete yeah, who came I'm out looking, this week, I'm looking too. at that right. First yeah. off, I am, first off, I'm digging the Mohawk. Oh, I'm digging, I'm digging the deer. <laughs> yeah, the Joe Hawk. I'm digging the, I'm digging the Joe Hawk. Digging it. One thing we got to give a quick word in. What is that? Because if we, I mean, I know it's a couple weeks ago, but in case we haven't talked about it. What's that? I'm, I'm glad we're going to have a WNBA season. Oh, the, 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 we have a, the, the CBA, we have a, the collective, yeah, bargaining we have a collective bargaining agreement, which means, yay, we're going to have a season. But, but more importantly, we're going to have the end, hopefully, of some of the best athletes in the world having to, having to fold themselves half over again in coach. That's true. And again, and hotel accommodations. And the thing I loved about what, um, um, uh, what's her name from the sun? I wrote about her. La, La Shia, La Shia. How do you pronounce her name? Oh, I know you're talking about. The um, I can't remember her name. I wrote the story and I don't remember. Uh, Clarendon? Yeah. How do you pronounce her first name though? No, Laisha. 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 Yeah. It looks like Lashia. That's why I'm confused. It's Laisha. No, it, All right. It's Laisha. Laisha. So yeah. So let me pick up from there. And I'm excited that Laisha Clarendon made, as part of the negotiating team, made this a queer-friendly collective bargaining agreement that'll help families of all kinds. Because there's a lot of uh, lesbians on the uh, uh, WNBA, and you know what? She's a gender non-conforming player who uses she, her, and they, them. But she said to me that um, it's really important that, um, you know, athletes be allowed to be who they are. And even if she's the only one at the moment who's out as gender nonconforming, I think that it's really important to um, make sure that future financial agreements respect our uh, queer families and, and players. Exactly. And that's one of the things I one of the things I like about this collective bargaining agreement is that. They and the league and the teams are saying and sending the message that let's understand that, that women's athletes are just that athletes and women's sports are just that one, they're athletes and they're women. And there are specific things that have to be dealt with on both ends of that, of that spectrum. And we haven't done a great job on dealing with the athlete side. We haven't even delved at all in the women's side in the past. And now we're going to do both. And I think this is going to set a template. And I think this is going to set a standard. And also, I think it'll also, I think this will also set a standard for men's athletics that's needed as well, especially in, in areas such as family leave, in areas such as family planning. I think this is, I overall feel that the CPA is a good forward thinking start. It's very, I mean, it's very holistic and it was very humanizing. I like what I saw, but I also like the fact that for the first time, really, since the WNBA began, the WNBA and their current leadership, leadership I'll admit I was critical of when they were first first announced, but I really see that they're turning the corner and realizing we're an actual professional league. Let's start acting like it. And I'm looking forward to see how this does for the league one, two, five, ten years down the road. I like what I saw, and also I like that we're that it's assured we're having a season, we're moving forward, 
and we're putting steps to treat the best athletes in the world like the best athletes in the world, which they are. The other bit of good news, a hockey player came out in the Elite League, came out as bi, Zach Sullivan, right before Pride Weekend. I just think that's huge. Huge! First of all, that he came out as bi, and second, that he came out at all. I just, I'm so happy for him. I mean, that's I mean, not a bad thing. I mean, not a bad thing at all. Courage is contagious. Yes, it yes it is. Now, now, kid, shoot. Now, kid, just put the puck in the back of the net and keep moving up. Of course, on the flip side of this, I don't know if you read the news about Marcus Morris. Whoa. I got an email from the NBA this morning. Uh, there's going to be discipline. Marcus is going to be disciplined for what he did. Uh, basically mocking uh, Jay Crowder uh, for being um, having female tendencies. Called the Memphis Grizzlies uh, uh, player uh, uh, flopping around, throwing his head back. His game is soft. He's soft. He's very womanlike. What an <laughs> ignoramus! <laughs> oh. You see, I had heard a little something about this. Female tendencies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> on so, I'll admit I'm kind of mixed on this one. And I'm gonna I'm kinda as I'm kind of mixed on this one. On one side, I like the fact that now pro pro at on one side, I don't like the I don't like the slap in the face he's given, especially women athletes. And given that you have a sister league, you have a sister women's league that's a part of your league. I don't like that, but at the same time, it's uh, but uh, but on the other side is like okay, we've been doing. I mean, guys have been doing this on the on courts since the first tip off. It shouldn't be taught, and it shouldn't be tolerated, and and it shouldn't be tolerated. But I mean, it's one of those things like, man, you went to the oldest trick in the book, and it just shows our society's changed. Well, here's what had NBA did. It's interesting because there's a bigger story, of course, beyond this. It isn't just about the words that Morris had in the locker room for the media. For those specifically, the NBA is finding him $35,000. But also, not just for the offensive and derogatory comments, but for escalating an on-court altercation, shoving Grizzly guard Jay Morant. Is it Jay Morant? Yes. And uh, and for that offensive comment. And in addition to that, they also are – uh, uh, suspending Alfred Payton of the Knicks and Marco Guterich and forward Jaron Jackson Jr. of the Grizzlies. They've all been suspended one game without pay. Marcus Morris Sr. and Grizzlies forward Jay Crowder have each been fined for their roles in an on-court incident. So all this is happening because Payton shoved Crowder to the floor uh, during the fourth quarter of the Grizzlies, 127 to 106 win over the Knicks uh, earlier this week. So, you know, Peyton got a foul. He was ejected from the game. He suspended one game without pay. Uh, Crowder was in midair when this happened, when he shoved him. So Crowder himself was given a technical foul, and he got ejected from the game. He's been fined $25,000 for escalating the on-court altercation. He shoved Peyton. So this is just, whew. NBA coming well, down pretty hard. Well, because the NBA, a lot of the a lot of the extracurricular activity is the as the commentators like to call it. 
Leagues are cracking down on it. I mean, leagues are cracking down on it. Now, personally, I'm a big, I'm a fan of it. Because my thing is, ultimately, just play the, I know tempers get hot. At times, tempers get hot. They're pushing, they're shoving. But first and foremost, play the game. I mean, to me, if usually guys who are altercating fights, I have found if you've got an altercated fight, it means one of two things. It means you're bored with what's going on there, really not in checking out, or your team's getting their butt beat. And oftentimes, it's a team getting their butt beat, things get a little bit chippy, and then next thing you know, everybody's pushing and shuffling, and you got the squabbing like you've had in a couple NBA games the last few weeks. You've had, you've had a lot more people exercising your itchy trigger fingers in the league especially since we've come off since we've come off the Christmas break and we're heading towards the all-star break. And I'm hoping that the all-star break kind of cools some of these guys off. I mean, take those five days, cool off and remember that it's about playing ball. And more importantly, it's about getting into the play. It's about extending your season into April, into May, into June, because that's where the real money gets decided that NBA, that NBA um, in the NBA finals. Now let's talk about Star Trek Picard. Have you caught up yet? I haven't had a chance to see it yet. Oh goodness gracious! Right now I'm try- right now I'm I'm right now I'm trying to get in, but I can tell you what a lot of the reviews have because I'm looking forward to see it. The reviews are all saying the reviews. I've heard some people say mixed reviews. Me, a lot. I think if there's a lot of mixed reviews, either one of two things is that I think a lot of people are missing the boat because. A lot of the mixed review. A lot of the people who don't like it have been just kind of like, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It. I mean, I don't like Picard. I had a person actually say the show is too woke for them. <laughs> I've seen reviews that basically say it's too slow. For me, you got 18 years to catch up on, and this is an elderly man we're talking about. They're gonna, you know, pace the show based on the fact that this guy is not exactly you know, cracking the whip anymore. So I think it's a thoughtful show and I really like it. I'm enjoying it. I'm two episodes ahead of you, friends. So you got to catch up. I'm, I'm going to catch up because okay. the people, the people who I, the people I respect who are sci-fi fans, they're loving it. I am. I hope I'm I mean, it's putting, <laughs> it's putting people in. Well, I respect your viewpoint, but I'm also talking about uh, some other people, especially some, some really hardcore trekkers. I'm close to I mean hardcore down to they can quote lines of entire original series episodes to you without risk, having the series risk next is our to them. business <laughs> I'm as hard yeah, as I'm Carly all right we only have a few <laughs> seconds left so let's do this um promise me I know you got a move going on and all this other stuff you got going on your vagina monologues but at least watch the first episode by next week so we can do that and we talk about Star you know Trek what I, you know what for Dawn, I promise you, we're gonna we're gonna get that first episode out of the way, and I'm also gonna be watching it next to two hardcore. I'm talking serious trekkers. Awesome. I and we're all gonna be watching it together. Now, here's my thing. It seems like you're always on the go. I mean, you were like in three cities last week and carrying on. What have you got going on? I am busy, busy, busy. I was in uh, into it for a big story for my other job, Forbes.com. I've been teaching at University of Hartford. I had to drive to Providence, Rhode Island to fly to Chicago, to fly to San Francisco, to drive to Silicon Valley, to drive from Silicon Valley back to San Francisco, to fly to Washington, D.C., to fly to Providence, to drive back to Connecticut. 
So yeah, it's been a very crazy week. Um, I've been teaching. Um, writing the story for Forbes. I wrote a story about the drag queens in the Super Bowl, the very first Super Bowl ad that has drag queens in it. And guess what? One million moms isn't happy about it, and they want the ad pulled. Oh, who care? You mean you're talking about those one million moms? You mean the 100 moms in Mississippi who probably own one TV between them? I mean, <laughs> if it's Apparently not, it might even just be one woman. Her name is Monica Cole. She's the executive director, and we've never heard from anyone except for Monica Cole. The One Million Moms organization might just be a, a big farce. No, actually, the Million Moms is about 50 people. I mean, they've done a couple marches and demonstrations before. They've, they've got, they've got, they've got, I mean, they've got members, very few members. But you never but, hear about any of them except for Monica Cole. Yeah, and, but, you know, I mean, Monica Nico Lang wrote about this for Out Magazine. And um, it just seems that the American Family Association props this group up this hate group and you know maybe they draw some women to go march with them but the they doesn't really seem to exist beyond monica cole i mean that but that's a lot of these pop-up front groups i mean they're and i'm just wondering one question what what do they what problem do these people have with drag queens if it's not that i mean if it's not that drag queens are now in this commercial it's drag queen story hour it's I mean, and like there's a legislator, there's a legislator in Missouri right now who has a bill up that wants to ban this. Yeah, I know. I mean, they want to ban story hour. According to the one million moms, they think that this is exploding children, pushing an agenda of sexual confusion, of blurring the biological distinctions between male and female, normalizing a lifestyle that is contrary to what conservative Christian parents are teaching their children about God's design for sexuality. Okay. <laughs> Let's it's talk a about... It's a freaking hummus ad with, with drag queens who have more followers, like 10,000 times more followers than 1 million moms. Don, I think the real of it is they just don't like hummus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kimchi and Ms. Cracker are just amazing. And yeah. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by the fact that I had to write a story about people protesting drag queens. I mean, come on. The only thing I want to protest against drag queens is that people think that we're drag queens and they don't know the difference between drag queens and transgender women. But other than that, yeah. you, know, you know, I respect the art. I respect the, the, uh, the work that goes into work that goes into being a drag queen. Um, they both were contestants on RuPaul's Drag Race. And I'm looking forward to seeing their commercial on Sunday. They have a whole bunch of other commercials for Sabra, oh. uh, Sabra Hummus. So that'll be fun. Yeah, but you know something? What's that? Is it, is it just me or, or there hasn't been that much commercial buzz about this year's Super Bowl? I mean, just, just in general. Oh, I, mean, I don't know about that. I, I, don't, I don't agree. I, but we disagree about I, everything, I, so. <laughs> well, I think, of course, well, well, what kind of show we have we agreed all the time? <laughs> but no, this year for it seems to at least to me there hasn't been as much buzz about the commercials. I mean, save save the controversy about this one. But I mean, that's one of the reasons I'll take in in as I got older why I like why I watch the Super Bowl. I'll admit I want to see what Madison Avenue comes up with. I want to I want to see if somebody comes up with something like the Mac and like that Macintosh ad in '84. I want to see if somebody can can do it or top it. I want to see who the next Buds McKenzie could be. I mean, 
it will be, I mean, I'm, they've really been silent, which means either advertising firms aren't putting that much stock in the Super Bowl or they're going to do some ads that are going to be so unreal that they just are keeping it under wraps until Sunday when they explode onto the world. As long as it's not puppy baby monkey, we're good. I want to end on this. Our top story at our partner, SB Nation, the headline, President Trump doesn't know who is playing in the Super Bowl. When asked who he wants to win, President Trump told Ryan Strook and other reporters, well, I love them both, but let's just say, when I tell you some two very interesting teams and interesting players, some really great players, and it's going to be a, hopefully a great Super Bowl. <laughs> he doesn't know. He doesn't know who's playing. Well, what a way to end. You know what? I think <laughs> I have a feeling the president has more pressing matters. He's going to get acquitted. I'm sure by the time people are listening to this, it'll all be over. Oh, have a great weekend. Thank you again for tuning in to The Transporter Room. We'll be back with a new podcast episode. I'm Don Ennis. I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb. And we're moving to a new date and time. So stay tuned. Warp Factor 6, Mr. Sulu. Steady she goes. <laughs> <laughs>